Good morning, Highlands. God bless you. What a blessing and honor it is to be with you today. My name is Carlos Rodriguez, and I'm the pastor of Iglesia Vida. So we are so excited to partner with you. We are very grateful that you opened your hearts and your, your building for us. We are meeting at 1.30 p.m. downstairs. I appreciate the elders and, and Kathy, Judy, all the team. Thank you so much. And, and also we are uh, excited of what the Lord will do with us together. We have been praying for you for a long time. Uh, we began a friendship with Pastor Jim Amandos in around the year 2014, 2015. Then our brother Tom Davasinskas, I love that brother very much and, and uh, had many lunches with him. And so we love your church and we have prayed for you. And it's a blessing that finally we're able to partner. I appreciate Pastor Nate for the, the trust in, to invite me to preach today. And we pray for the camp that they are doing for the Lord to manifest and to bless uh, our, our young people that are meeting there. And uh, today I want to share a message that I think is very relevant for all our churches and for our people. Because it's a message that, that many of us, we have gone through difficult times in this pandemic. Isn't it? We, we have lost people that we love. And, and sometimes we have gone through difficult situations. Many churches have gone through turmoil to difficulties. Uh, many churches are half the size they used to be because of the pandemic. But this is a time for us to trust in the Lord, to continue. And I think the, the, the book of Hebrews is a very important book that will help us. And I'm going to share with you uh, a few passages from the Word of God with you. And uh, uh, so in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36, it says, so don't throw away your confidence because many people are, uh, their faith has, has been shaken in these difficult times. It says, uh, which our confidence has a great reward. We have eternal life with Christ. We have many blessings when we follow uh, in the promises of God in scripture. So if we are faithful to the Lord, our faith will have a great reward. It says, for you need endurance you need patience through suffering, through difficulties. Jesus said that in this world we will have afflictions. It says, uh, so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. So this is the encouragement that the Lord has for us today to persevere, to continue. And this letter of the Hebrews is a first century document that was written. We don't know the author. Some people think it was the Apostle Paul or someone in their circle, but in, in his circle. But we don't know for sure who the, the author is. But we know it's inspired by God. And it's probably written to Jew, a Jewish community in the, in the center of the empire in Rome when there was persecution against Christians. We know that Nero uh, killed, for example, uh, the Apostle Paul. Uh, beheaded him and then uh, Peter was crucified backwards so we know that through church history so there was a persecution and many Jewish believers were going through a, a time of confusion a time of suffering a time of turmoil of pain they were facing persecution hardships and discouragement and imagine that some of our brothers or, or sisters are thrown into jail others their possessions are taken away some apostatized from the faith that's what the letter has, five great warnings against, uh, I, I, that's why it says that we need to persevere. It's a letter of exhortation to us to continue the journey. And sometimes to continue the journey, we see ourselves sometimes kind of defeated because we have gone through difficulties, to be, to be betrayal. Some people in the, in the community felt like they were betrayed by the brothers that apostatized from the faith. It was confusion because if they went back to Judaism, they were not persecuted by Rome. 
but if they stayed in Christianity, they were going to be suffering more. So that's why it's a book of exhortation to us to continue to persevere in the midst of sufferings. And when the road gets hard, the, the road will get hard in our lives, it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to want to throw the towel. It's easy to see why did God allow this to happen? The persecutions, the trials, the betrayal, the situations that cause pain to our lives and confusion. And sometimes we need to start again from scratch. We, need to, we find ourselves in square one. Like every, all the progress that we did, we went back to square one and said, what do we do, God? Do I throw the towel or do I continue? What do, you, what do you want from us, from our marriage? Because we have gone through so much difficulty in our marriage or in our family or with our children or with our church. Lord, what do you have for us? And the, the, the word that the, God, the Lord has for us today is begin again. It doesn't matter the things that you have. It, it matters a lot, but it doesn't matter to stay there defeated. You need to keep living on the life that God has for you. All the good men of the Bible, they went through, you go to the chapter 11 of, of Hebrews and you see all the suffering of many godly men, of, or Abraham, that he was looking for that building that the, the architect and constructor was God himself because he was uh, in this life uh, uh, hoping for the promise of God and the promise did not come until the end of his life. He saw part of the promise, but he did not see his descendants entering into the promised land. And then blessing the nations and you and I are blessing Christ because of that promise to Abraham to save the nations so you and I have a purpose in God's hands and we need to continue being faithful with what God has entrusted to us begin again how to start over when the road gets hard in your marriage in your life in your Christian life in your walk with Christ or maybe uh, in your church how to start over so I was reflecting, reading the whole, chap, the, the whole book of Hebrews, and I, the, the Lord lay on my heart some things that I could see in the book, and I want to share, share them with you. In Hebrews 10.22, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Regardless of the sufferings that you have gone through as a church, as a family, or as a person in your soul, the Lord says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. What do, you, do, do we do when the, hard, when the road gets hard? The first thing we need to look to do is to get close to the heart of the Father. To say, God, I feel defeated. I feel betrayed. I feel that I failed. I feel that I don't know where to start, God. So the first thing is to let us draw near. So the first step is focus on God wholeheartedly. I don't know where you are at right now, but sometimes... We don't want to speak even to the Lord when we are so defeated or confused. But, or, or we don't want to go to church anymore because we feel like we, we, we were left down. And why do, we go, why do I go back to church after all that we have gone through? But that's exactly when, when people are depressed. Many people say they stop coming to church because they are depressed. And what do they do? They go, they fell more and more in their depression and anxiety and sinful, sinful patterns in their lives or addictions. That's when you don't feel like going is when you need to go the most. And that's where, that's, that's, the, the Lord has a special thing in our lives when we gather together. And this is something that the author of Hebrews will tell us in the, chap, in the, in, in the chapter 10, in verse 24 and 25. But the first thing is to focus on God, not on the circumstances. Remember, remember when Peter walked on water 
by the word of Jesus, invited him to come. And when he saw the storm and the waters and what he was doing, he began to sink. And sometimes we do that. When we focus on the circumstances, in the betrayal, in the difficulties that we have endured, in the people that we love that we lost, we feel, we feel confused. We feel at loss. So what we need to do is, God, this is exactly how I feel. I want to mourn before you. I don't know where to start. I feel like a failure. Focus on God. Go to the throne of the Lord. And then the, the next verse, 23, says, Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without what? Wavering. Since he who promised is what? Faithful. God is faithful again and again. And sometimes we, we cannot see his hand. We don't know what the Lord is doing. And there's a phrase that I love that says, when you don't see his hand, trust his heart. Because God always comes through. Always, even in the midst of that difficulties, he's polishing our lives. He's cleansing his church. He's doing, uh, removing things that need to be removed. And he has a purpose. Because he sees things from the, from the standpoint of eternity. Sometimes we want to, we want to do the, the, the work of the Lord like a microwave. Right? We want things right away. We want results in our life now. And sometimes the Lord is more like a crock, like a crock uh, a pot, you call it, right? The, the, you're, and sometimes he's marinating you. <laughs> he has you with lime and things that are not good. But he's, he's, he's preparing something with a good, that will result in a good aroma and a good flavor. And sometimes he's working in our lives in the midst of trials and difficulties. So hold on to the faith without wavering. The, I remember when the disciples left Jesus, some of them. And he turned to the 12 and says, do you also want to leave? Because the things of the Lord are voluntary. Nobody, uh, he respects our will and he wants us to follow him out of love, out of uh, gratefulness, out of conviction. And they say, Jesus, where would, would, where would we go? Only you have words of eternal life. And I have seen that in my life. There's nothing out there that, that can fill our, our joy, our happiness, our our." Our comfort, our, uh, that, fill us, uh, that makes us feel complete as the Lord does. Nothing else out there. So when, when we continue to reflect in, in what should we do is once we focus on God to begin again, whatever, if maybe you are in a marriage that is cold. It's cold as ice. You don't even hold hands. You don't even see each other. You talk and you see each other to the wall and other places. We have done marriage conferences and we say people... Hold the hand of your husband or wife. Tell them what you're grateful for. And many feels like ice. Like they don't want to hold. It's like because they have so much pain and situations they have not resolved through. So much pride. So much sinfulness. So much uh, confusion. They don't know where to start. And, and, and it's very important to make a commitment to persevere. Make a commitment with yourself in your heart to say, okay, I am confused. I'm in a stage in my life that I'm uh, going through a difficult time that I don't see the hand of the Lord. I don't know why God allowed this. I feel used. I feel betrayed. I feel pain. And in that moment, you say, but you know, I know that what God offers me is something that the world cannot offer me. I know that my... In my most difficult days of my life, I have found my strength in the Lord. And I want, I want to make a commitment in my heart that we will persevere. We have children. We have a family to fight for. 
I have children, I have people that are looking at me, and I need to persevere. Even if it's difficult, even if it's painful, I want to make a commitment to persevere, to hold on to my conviction, my faith, to the promises that God has given me. So your emotions might be telling you to give up your faith, your marriage, your ministry calling is so hard when people that serve the Lord are burned out or they are mistreated or they go to difficult times. Sometimes that happens and we feel like betrayed and why, what is the point of serving God? But we need to acknowledge that we were called by him to serve him because he has been good to us. And we are called to serve his people and sometimes people are difficult and complex and immature and still God called us to serve his people like he called Moses so we need to continue our ministry calling. What is your calling? What passion did your heart in your heart before when you were on fire for the Lord? Praying for people, greeting people. Sometimes you came, hey, how are you? And you, can I pray for you? And maybe some passion has waned off or, or you have get cold in your heart. Some, sometimes we want to feel in, your, in our emotions like quitting our church. But if our church is trying to do the right thing, we're trying to focus on the Lord uh, we need to continue and make a commitment in our hearts that we're going to be part of the solution that God has for our church. And let's continue to pray for the Lord to use us to fulfill his purposes, his plans. In Hebrews 10.22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Once uh, we do this, we need to reflect and correct. In order to have new beginnings in our lives, either in our life in our marriage, in our church, in our ministry, it's very important to reflect and correct. Because if we're going to be holding on to our confession of our faith with full assurance, we need to analyze our heart. The, 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 the passage says that we need to purify our hearts. So what we need to do is, God, why did I get to this point? Did I trust men and not you? Was I selfish in this relationship? Did I, uh, did I allow the circumstances to take away my focus from, from you and I stopped reading your word and, and, and having that time with you? I stopped listening to worship songs and I began to listen to other kind of songs that, are not, that do not edify. Where did I fail? Have I, in my marriage, do I always want to have it my way, my, my, my way, what I want? I, am I prideful? Do I ask forgiveness when I fail? Do I take responsibility for the things that I'm doing wrong? And it's a time to reflect. God allows us in the new beginnings the blessing of analyzing why we failed before, the things that were deficient before. New beginnings are opportunities to correct what we were doing wrong. So if you get to begin again your life with the Lord, your walk with the Lord, or as a church, or as a family, or as a marriage, can you reflect and say, God, what are some things in my heart that you need to cleanse? That, what are some things that I need to surrender? I, it's like I, I allowed you to come in my house and sit in the living room, but please don't come into my room because there's things there that you don't like. There's things, there's bitterness, there's hate, there's a sin, there's addictions, there's things, Lord, just, just in the living room, being a Christian superficially, but God wants to come into your room also and clean it and be with you and be your friend. And, lo and he loves you regardless of who you are. He knows us who we are and still loves us. What a, what a beautiful God we serve. And that's why we should love him back out of conviction and gratefulness. So 
Start where you are, because some people, some, many times we don't know where to start, right? How do I start again? I lost, or maybe I lost, you lost your marriage, or you lost your partner. Uh, uh, some, many people have lost their partner in life because of COVID. Uh, they lost their husband, their wife, and it's so hard to, to begin again. How do I begin again? Where do I start? Or, 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 or how do we begin as a, again as a church after we have what the things that we have gone through, our, our son or our daughter in addictions and or going through these difficult times and they don't want to talk to us? Where do I start again? That's a really hard question to answer. Sometimes we have confusion. Sometimes we do not have clarity. And I, I, and I, and I remember in, in, the, in Hebrews, in, in chapter 11, in verse 8, uh, says, By faith Abraham... When he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So the Lord says, leave your family and follow me. He didn't know where he was going, but he was obedient. So when we, when we think, where should I start? Start where you are. Even, it doesn't matter if you are broken, if, you are, if it's difficult for your heart to trust again. If you feel passionless now, or you don't feel like you used to feel, because it's not about feeling, it's about convictions, and it's about um, a, a decision that, is, um, that, it, that, that you get the convictions that what you have learned from God, and you begin to take steps of obedience. Uh, later on the passage in verse 30 in, in the chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says that like the, the, the walls of Jericho, the people, God said to the people, give one, one lap around the city of Jericho. Why, what for, God? What is the purpose? So, this sounds ridiculous, just going around the, the city. But do it seven times. Oh, one, one more time. What for? And then the, the, the last time, just a scream, and, and they, they blew the trumpets, and, and the walls came down. So, but sometimes it's a matter of, of obedience, a step by faith. Start where the little, the, the basic things that you know. Do not wait for the perfect moment. Like, I want to write some books. I have like four books in the open. Uh, one of them is about marriage. And, and I, love, I, I love the analogies that I, my wife and I, we have had a passion to help marriages for, for 18 years. We have 40 years of knowing each other. Um, we look young, but, but, uh, but I'm not as young. So at the end, I will end the, the creams for, the, for, for anti-aging. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. We met when we were five and three. So our families, uh, my parents reached the gospel to her parents, and it's such a blessing to be married to the love of my life. And so we had a passion. We wanted to have a successful marriage, and we began to equip ourselves in that, in, in that area. And in our church also, we equipped six healthy couples to be marriage coaches Uh, because I'm a certified coach, and, and that that's what I did my doctorate in ministry. I, we started, a, a, and we have helped over 35 couples in the last year, so it's such a blessing through marriage coaching. And um, yeah, praise God for that. It's, a, it's it, you know, my wife has a saying, if you married, if you think you married the right, the wrong person, like in India, arranged marriages, you think you married the wrong person, but you began treating them as if they are the right person, they can, can end up being the right person for you. But if you marry the right person and you treat them with disrespect, with selfishness, with pride, with coldness, if you treat them as if they are the wrong person, they end up being the wrong person for you. So there's always hope for marriages and for families. But of course, it takes two to tangle, right? 
That's not in the Bible, but the, it, takes two, two, it takes two people to make it work. But there's always hope. But sometimes we say, oh, I want to wait for the perfect moment to ask forgiveness to my wife, to my spouse, to, to see if we can work in our relationship, but we're not doing so well now. If you wait for the perfect moment, you will die up and nothing will happen in your life. And, and the same thing I have with my books, because I, I have chapters that I'm beginning to write, and I've, I think to them, I, I don't need to wait for the perfect moment. I don't have enough time, but I need to make the time. Even if it's 15 minutes a day, little by little, many littles make great bunches at the, at the end of the day, right? So we need to start where we are. Even if we are broken, even if we don't know the way, don't spend too much time regretting the past. If you, if you would not have been committed infidelity, we would not be here. Okay, that was terrible, but it happened. And you cannot go back and you cannot undo the damage that was done. Either in a marriage, in a life, or in a church. You cannot go back. It's, there's a time to, to, that is healthy to mourn. Failure. Betrayal. But you cannot end up mourning over, over a long time. Remember when David... Uh, Pray for his son that was dying. And he ended up saying, okay, he knew the son was dead. He prayed, he cried before the Lord, but he, he uh, dried his tears, ate and continue. And that's what you need to do. You need, to, don't spend too much time regretting the past because that will take you nowhere. Sometimes God has a beautiful future for us, but we're holding to the past and crying and just thinking about the past all the time when God says, no, I have a future for you. I have a hope and a future and a good future for you. Be faithful in what you know to be faithful. Start with the little things. Use what you have. What do you have? Your treasures, your talents, uh, your, uh, your time. You have things that the Lord has given you. Use, use what you have to start again. You have a community of faith. Start with prayer. Uh, ask others to read us a passage of Scripture uh, a chapter every day and, and maybe do a, a chat where you share what the Lord spoke to your life, meet with other men uh, on a Saturday, pray for each other, uh, have a prayer partner, an accountability partner, or maybe an older couple that are, have a good marriage and, and to share with you how they have done it. Start where you are at, what resources the Lord has given you. The Lord has given you more resources of what you think. The key, this is the key, Sometimes we want to leave forward, like many of our churches are half the size they used to be, isn't it? Because of the pandemic and situations. And sometimes we want to get back quickly to where we were. And we cry about the past. And we want to do big leaps. We want to go back. But sometimes that can be very disheartening because it doesn't matter how much effort we put on it. It's like we don't see to be back where we were. In our life, in our marriage, in our health, whatever the situation it is. And we want to be, be, give those big steps, but sometimes that's disheartening. So the key is to focus on the closest and easier next step forward. And this is what the book of Hebrews will tell uh, the, 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 the audience of the book. To focus on the small steps, like don't, do not stop gathering together and encouraging one another to love at good works. Uh, it, it's starting because the day of the Lord, it's near. He will come back and he will reward our faithfulness. So the key is focus on the closest and easier next step forward. Sometimes when we uh, advise marriages, it says, grab the hand of your husband and wife. And it feels like they're electric because they don't want to touch it. 
and, and no, but it feels like hypocrite and we are fighting and there's unresolved issues. Doesn't matter, grab it. Sometimes you need to do mechanical, things that seems mechanical, like, okay, I grab the hand, but you begin to feel comfortable with each other again. And tell your, your husband that something good that she has done for you this week. Or, or, or before you go out, kiss, kiss her goodbye. Or when you come back, embrace each other. And it sounds mechanical, but the same, I was remember in Mexico when I was probably 16 years old or 15, and I was learning how to drive, uh, uh, we call it standard, but it's a drive shift, you call it? Stick shift. Stick shift. So I was learning to drive, and, and you need to put the clutch, and then um, you need to put first, right? And then you need to take it out small, little by little, and then press the accelerator, and, and as you little by little, take the clutch, and, and sometimes, boom, 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 and, and, it, and you need to practice and practice. You, sometimes you're out of practice, and it sounds mechanical, and look your rear, rear view mirror. Look that, the right, the left mirror. It sounds very mechanical, but you start to do it mechanically, and suddenly it becomes part of your natural, of your character to know how to drive. And sometimes you have to do that. Okay, it's 8 in the morning. I have an appointment with God. I will open my Bible. I will read it. I will start with the book of James or Proverbs. Don't worry about what you don't understand. There's plenty of things that are difficult because of the years that have passed in the culture. But start with the things that you understand and practice them. And read it. There's a passage. Memorize it. You need to be sometimes going to church. Well, I don't feel like going to church, but I know it's a good habit for my soul, and I will go because God has something for my soul today. Many of you, many, some of you maybe be in that situation that you came just out of mechanical because you have to go to church. But little by little, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So focus on the closest and easier next step forward. What can you do as a church? Pray for a lost neighbor, for a lost son. Start with your family. And I know it sometimes it's the hardest place to start because they know you but, and, and you know their issues and sometimes their buttons that the family, uh, the family dynamics that are difficult, but start pray for them. God, save my children. Lord, allow me to be a, a witness and not just with, with my children just to be telling them what they are doing wrong, but also to encourage them to be present to, to have a conversation, to engage them, and Lord, to be a witness to my own family, to, Lord, rescue my family. You, how many of you know that God is the answer that this generation needs? That's why the generation is so uh, leaning on opioids and, 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 and many things, because they have removed God from the heart, the, the, the heart and, and, and the heart of our nation as well. So focus on the closest easy next step. Go to the basics. Go to the basics. If you want to start again, don't, don't, okay, have big dreams, that's fine. But say, I, maybe you will not have the beautiful marriage that, oh, we look into each other's eyes and we feel electricity like when we were younger because that's only last two years that electricity. But, <laughs> but, but you can feel a, a connection, build a connection. Hey, how are you? How was your day? Simple question, how was your day? What did you do? Ask questions that you show that you have interest in, in communication. In, your in the church, I have not seen you before. Where are you from? Welcome. I'm so glad you are in, at Highlands. This church has meant so much to our lives. 
because God has worked in our lives so many times through the word, and, and this is a beautiful church. Welcome. I feel, I, uh, uh, and, and little by little, you engage people, and you see God changing people's heart. Go to the basics. Look what it says in Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Re- please read it with me. It says, and let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all of the more as you see the day approaching. So what do you do? Does that say have and have a big church with 1,000, 2,000 people? It says, no, let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works. You need to be an encourager. Are you an encourager? Are you, are, you, are you investing into people's lives? You know, your smile, your walk with the Lord can make a difference in other people's lives. Has anybody sometimes come to you, hey, how are you? It's so good to see you. God bless you. And it makes you feel good, isn't it? Somebody cares. And I feel God's presence in the person of this, of this man or, or this woman. So that makes a difference. Start where you are with small steps in the right direction. Sometimes uh, I was imagining that if, if, if you had an injury in your foot and you had a surgery, it will be absurd to think that after exiting the surgery, you will be competing in sports or in the, or in the Olympics or, or, or running a 100 meters sprint, right? Because you had an injury. It hurts. When you begin again, sometimes from a time of hardship and confusion, as the, the people in the, in, in the Hebrews in that letter, they were suffering It's very difficult to think I'm going to run a marathon. But you can say, I want to give one small step with a crutch, with my crutches, and in physical therapy, and it hurts, and it's painful. But I need to do that one small step, because that one small step will make my feet little by little stronger until I'm able to walk again and be healed again. And sometimes you need to do the same in your life. Going back to the basics, to spending time with the Lord, to spending time in Scripture, to put worship music and worship the Lord like crazy in your car like no one is watching. And to be able to come to church, to gather together in a small group, to be able to to share your faith with someone, to get a, a good apologetics books for today's culture and read about the relevance of Christianity, to share with your Muslim friend or or how to witness to other cultures or religions that every time are more pervasive around us. So it's one more more step in the right direction. Do not lower your commitment nor the quality of what you give God because you are serving God himself, not men. It doesn't matter that you were hurt, that you were through pain. You are living for the audience of one. Do not allow Satan to discourage you because Satan will try to destroy the body of Christ. People will betray you. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Do not allow that to become cynical about church, about people, about trusting. Because still God wants to work with his church. We are still his body. We are still his number one plan to save the world. We need to be faithful. Focus in what matters most. And this is what I see in this passage that we read. What matters? Gather with other believers. You need others in your life, even like you feel like you don't or you don't want to trust. You need others. Be a blessing. Don't be just like, what are you doing for me? No, what can you do for others? That's the whole difference. You need to serve. 
You need to give, always contribute something to the lives of others. Let me ask you, what are you contributing to the lives of others? Last Sunday, I was able to speak with a 12-year-old young man. I said, how are you? How's your life? How are you doing? And what, do you plan to study something? You know, I'm so glad that you're in a church. You're going to make decisions that are so important in your life. And God in my life was so important when I was... When I was your, no, he, he's, he's, I think, nearly 14. I said, when I was your age, I was 14. I gave my life to Christ reading the Gospel of John. It has been the, the most wonderful thing in my life that I've trusted the Lord. And he has been so good in my life. And I, I encourage you to keep growing your faith. And he said, and thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Because I, I spoke with a 14-year-old young guy there that nobody was paying attention to. You know, anybody, we can make a difference in an elderly person, in a young person, in somebody else. My question is, what are you giving to others? Because sometimes the reason we're miserable is that we're expecting others to give to us. We're an audience instead of being someone that is in line with God, in faith, serving, and seeing how can my life make a difference in another people's lives? How can my life make a difference in my church? You have a good church I, I'm, I'm grateful that you are supporting 47 missionaries. That's amazing. Praise the Lord for that, for what you're doing. But also we need to be missionaries here locally to invite others, to pray for others. And your small contribution in the hands of God can be plenty. And I want to show you, this is what Jesus said. I have glorified you before going to the cross. I have glorified you on earth by completing the work you gave me to. And what, after Jesus was betrayed by Judas... He was about to be uh, all his disciples to, to flee from him. He went through abandonment to pain. But he says, Lord, what should I say? He said in, in, in another gospel. Should I save me from this hour? I have come for this hour. Father, glorify your name. So Jesus was betrayed. He can, he can feel our pain. But still, he fulfilled his purpose. My question is, what is the purpose that God has for you? How many of you know that God wants to use your life? He wants to use your life. He has a purpose for your life. Fulfill that purpose. Even if your spirit is low, if you don't want to continue, do not disengage from serving God. Do not become bitter. Do not pause, pause gain strength, and begin again. So that's the, the, the calling from God. And brothers, Nehemiah rebuilt a destroyed a nearly lifeless city. If you feel like your life is empty or going through a deep right now, God can build it up again. If you feel like your marriage is lifeless, no communication and a lot of pain, go to a Christian counselor. Each one of you acknowledge their responsibility and allow God to heal you because there's hope. There is hope in God if both of you surrender your pride and say, we need to acknowledge our failures, and we need to ask God for help. As a church, God can do a wonderful work of revival. Nehemiah rebuilt and destroyed a nearly lifeless city, but everybody was in focus with the Lord and willing to work. God gave Gideon a victory with 300 men, although there were more than 10,000, but God wanted just 300 faithful ones. And I think that's what is happening with many churches. It's like many of you are the faithful ones. Praise God for your life. Thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. It makes a difference in the world. We are light and we're salt in this world. We need to continue. And I want to I finish with this passage of Haggai because I think it's relevant for all of us as churches and as people. Uh, 
God said to the, to, the, to, to the people of God, you need to rebuild my temple because this is where my glory dwells. This is where people seek my name. Rebuild my temple. Don't just be, be busy in your lives, but rebuild my temple. And the people began to rebuild the temple. And when they rebuilt it, the temple, they remember what the temple used to be, the Solomon temple. And he says, this is not, nothing nearly what you used to be, the glory. And says, who is left among you in chapter two, verse three, who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Doesn't it seem to you like nothing by comparison? And sometimes we are like that. We used to be a good marriage, a good family. We're broken now. I used to be happy. I used to have joy. But now I'm, I'm in pain medications and it's hard. And, and I know the, the older we get, the, older, the, harder it is, the hardest it is sometimes. I went through suffering. I went through pain. I feel betrayed at church. So, you know, it feels like nothing right now to what we used to be. And this is what the Lord says in the next chapter, in the next verse. Even so, what does the Lord says to you and I today? Be strong. Be strong. Do not get discouraged. Build again. Rebuild again. Be strong. Begin again. All you people, work. It takes work. It's not easy to have a happy marriage. It takes work. It is sometimes not easy to just be a healthy person. It takes discipline, commitment to the Lord, submitting our hearts and our emotions and allowing God to heal us. It's not easy to have a healthy church. It requires a lot of people coming together, trusting the Lord, and wanting to live for the audience of him and to fulfill God's purpose in our church. So it says, my spirit is present among you. And what does the Lord says? Do not be afraid. And says verse 9, the final glory of this house will be greater than the first. I will provide peace in this place. And you know who came to that temple? The Prince of Peace. Jesus was in that temple. He cleansed that temple. And he taught outside that temple. The glory of that house was greater. And I think that God can do the same in our lives if we allow him. I think God can do the same in our hearts if we let him work in our soul. I want to conclude this message realizing what, we, what the Lord spoke to our hearts today. Maybe God is telling you that you need to begin again. Instead of being bitter or angry or discouraged or sad for the situation of your life, your marriage, your family, your children, your church, whatever it is that you're going through, God tells you, begin again. Start over. Even if the road is difficult and it's hard, life is hard. You will have many afflictions, but trust me, I have overcome the world. There's only one that can give us hope and can give us meaning in life and joy, and that one is our Creator, God. Jesus Christ, who came to save us, who came to redeem us, to rescue us, although we fail and we're imperfect people. Begin again. What do you do to begin again? Number one, you need to focus on God. This is the call, this is the call of the book of Hebrews. Even if you're in the midst of persecution, and some, some of you feel like you're beginning again. You endure uh, jail, the apostasy of others of the church. You feel confused. You feel betrayed. Focus on God. Hold on to your assurance. Come near to the throne of grace. Focus on God, not on the circumstances. Make a commitment to persevere. Make in your heart, I will persevere. I will not give up. My life is worth living. My marriage is worth fighting. My children are worth 
fighting and me changing my life, my church is worth my prayers and my service and my commitment and my full giving because this is the call that God has given me, to be part of His community, His people in this place. Make a commitment to persevere. Reflect and correct. If there are things you need to correct, surrender them to the Lord. Say, God, I'm sorry. I need to change these things in my life if I want to heal in the inside, if I want to heal my family. Reflect and correct. Start where you are. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until next month. Don't wait until the situation is perfect because they will never be perfect. You need to start where you are with a broken life, the broken family and the broken marriage and the broken church and the broken whatever. You need to start where you are, little by little. Where do you start? Go back to the basics. Prayer, spiritual disciplines, having kindness in your life towards others, investing your life in others, inviting others to church, praying for your neighbor, having family devotions as you used to have. Opening the Bible to your spouse and say, let's begin reading the book of Proverbs together and praying for our family. Start with the little things. Go back to the basics. Start little by little, even if it hurts with the crutches. One step after the other, one step after the other, and allow the Lord to heal us. How many of us will want to pray and say, God, I think you spoke to my heart and I want to be, begin again, even if the work is hard. I don't know. Let, let us close our eyes and let's pray to the Lord. I don't know what area the Lord spoke to your heart right now, but if the Lord is telling you something, then you need to begin again. Maybe th something that you, you, you felt hopeless about it. God says, you need to give that one more step, even if it hurts. Get rid of your pride, your selfishness, your bitterness, your angerness. Don't let Satan shook you and God has a plan for you. God works in the midst of the imperfections of people. God, we need you with all our hearts. We acknowledge that without you, we're nothing. We're broken. We ask you to touch us with your word. And Lord, that we will hear this exhortation, like the exhortation to the Hebrews and also to the, in the book of Haggai, Lord, that we will rebuild and that we will work and that we will make an effort to please you. And to continue, Lord, with our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, please heal our souls, our marriages, our families, our churches. Be with us. Do an amazing work through faithful people that love you. Lord, help us to not become bitter, cynical, or that your work for us becomes just a routine or a commandment of man. We want to be accountable to you, God, to live for your glory, for your honor, for your purpose, and to have your joy and your presence in our lives. If God spoke to your heart today, and you want to say, God, I want to begin again. I want to refocus my life in you. I know you spoke to my life today, and I want to make a commitment to start with little steps, Lord. I want to go back to the basics, to what I know what your will is. Going, I don't know the, the end destination, but I know the direction I should go. I know the basic of your, basics of your perfect will, and I want to live in that, Lord. If God spoke to your heart, raise your hand where you are. It says, God, here's my life. Praise God for you, those hands. Lord, here's my life. I want to begin again. Help me. Praise God. Father, thank you for those hands. I pray that you will... 
bless them, that you will guide them, that you will give them clarity and wisdom so they know the way they should go. Thank you for this beautiful church. Thank you for this beautiful service. Thank you for everybody that serves. And we ask for those who are online also that they want to make a commitment to start again. And if somebody, somebody does not know you as their Savior, I pray, Lord, that this will be the day that they pray, that they surrender their lives. And they say, God, I want to begin again, but with you in my life. I trust in you. And I want to follow you from now on. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.